This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What is dad style when it comes to clothing? Is he one of the cool dads? Always seems to find a way to remain hip and well-dressed a decade after decade, or... Is he one of those dads that has to pass inspection by mom every single time he walks out of the house? In either case, the dad in your life is going to love clothing from American Giant. This uh, sweatshirt I'm wearing right now, American Giant. I freaking love it. I got a bunch of these now. I keep buying them. I'm, my whole closet's going to be American Giant before too long because it's the highest quality stuff. You're going to love it every single time you put it on, and it's going to last forever. So you're never going to have to worry about buying it over and over again because you're just going to be able to keep wearing the same one for years and years to come. Your dad's going to love this as well. If you need a Father's Day gift, what a great time to get him something from American Giant. And I will say, they buy they buy American, they support American businesses, and you can buy American today at American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Use my code Glenn for 20% off. Uh, right now, go to American-Giant.com slash Glenn. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Where is Smokey the Bear when you need him? Man, would he have come in handy a few days ago before all these Canadian wildfires started? Only you can prevent forest fires. Remember that? Are you too young for that? I do remember it, though I would add on a sensible forest management can also prevent them. (laughs) Not just me, but also sensible forest management. What right-wing kook are you? We'll find out in one minute. All right. Let me tell you about Car Shield. You know, if you have a car and it doesn't get around all that well, maybe it's a little bit... It's a little shaky. You're a little worried about it. Maybe it's in perfect shape and you don't know what's coming around the corner. We never do. And then these repairs hit us and it costs us thousands and thousands of dollars. Unless, of course, you have CarShield. CarShield offers affordable protection plans to fit every budget and covers more parts than ever before. You want them when the time for these costly repairs arrives. You can count on CarShield to take care of you when your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road. Every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, and trip reimbursement at no extra cost. You can lock in your price today and it will never go up. CarShield is dedicated to protecting what you drive. Get coverage right now. Call CarShield 800-227-6100. 800-227-6100. You can save 20% on your plan today and lock in your price. It will never go up. 800-227-6100 800-227-6100 or visit carshield.com slash back. Save 20% today with carshield.com. I'm Pat Gray. This is 
Stuper Gear. We're filling in for Glenn this week and uh, and happy to be doing it. 888-727-BECK. So the wildfires, the latest on them is what? They're causing a lot of smoke. We do know that. Yeah. If you're on the East Coast, yesterday they were telling you not to even go outside in places like New York City and Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And, I mean, the the pollutant index was higher than I, I a lot of people had ever seen it. Yeah. Janice Dean on Fox News said Harrisburg had the worst air quality ever in American history. Yeah. So. And I know. It's uh, not good. I didn't see the Harrisburg numbers, but um, uh, the mm-hmm. record previously was, I think, I want to say it was Portland or something from wild, a wildfire situation. And the, it, New York's particulate matter level like quadrupled it uh, doubled Jeez, or quadrupled wow. that level really yeah. is incredible and you see you've seen the footage of course you can't see anything in half of these places what i found was uh, interesting they had, there was this crazy woman who's out there in the middle of like the haze like, the whole city of new york looks orange and she's standing there in times square just yelling like we need to stop climate change Oh, we geez. can't be oh, breathing all of these <laughs> these fumes. You know, we need. She said, said to, change. We need to be livable future <gasps> people. Livable future people. That was, I believe, her quote. We need to have be livable future people. Hmm. Okay. We played this saw uh, this uh, clip on uh, on the show last night, Studios America. By the way, eight p.m. Eastern on BlazeTV.com/slash/Glenn or on YouTube.com/slash/Studios America or on podcast. Check it out. Um, and we played this. <laughs> This clip of this crazy, crazy person um, just screaming and just thinking like, like the real risk here is you being out screaming <laughs> now with no protect. Uh-huh. Like this is the time that you probably want to be inside. You can scream about climate change later if you really want to. Um, oh, we have the clip <laughs> here. Let's listen to it. Normal, livable future people. Now, I love that phrase, and I want to keep using it. Because it's true, Pat. We must live like normal, livable future people. I've, well, I've been saying that for years. People ignored it because I, I'm not a female screaming in Times Square. In a bikini. Yeah. That, um, uh, you know, I get, fascinating. People do tend to listen to women in bikinis more than you, I will say. You know, the problem is... They have, the left, has done this to people like her, you know, mm-hmm. to, to our youth who think that we've only got eight years left because four years ago the the catastrophic prediction was uh, extinction-level catastrophe within yeah. 12 years. Well, now we're down to about eight, and so they've done this their whole lives to these kids in school, and they scared the crap out of them. Their fear-mongering worked, and so now this is what... This is what you have. Mm-hmm. This is the result of that. This is what, how it works. And it scares the hell out of people. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, it's easy to sit here and mock them for calling themselves normal, livable future people, yeah. which you should do. But also, re, rea- the reality has to hit us at some point that these are people who are now maybe 20 years old, but were 10 years ago, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And they were hitting, getting hit in the face with this every single day at school by their dumb parents, probably, by certainly by the media telling them that catastrophe was around the corner at any moment and everyone is out to kill them. Well, yeah, that's what you turn into when you feel like your life has been threatened for 10 years mm-hmm. from the time that you're 10 years old to the time that you're 20. Yes, you're going to be an insane person on the street screaming about normal, livable future people. <laughs> yes. yes, that is the result of all of that. Yes. 
So we need to stop that immediately. Let me at least attempt to give some context on these fires because we, we got this from everybody yesterday. Um, you know, Justin Trudeau, year after year with climate change, we're seeing more and more intense wildfires and they're going to start happening in places where they don't normally. Of course, you know, if anyone's to blame here, it's probably Justin Trudeau <laughs> because he's done such a terrible job uh, in a diff- myriad of, of ways. But I will say, uh, of course, he's going to blame climate change. Um, ABC News, how Canada's wildfires and air quality warnings are connected to climate change. Washington Post, smoke brings a warning. There's no escaping climate change's threat to Earth. Oh, come on. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, the Guardian, man. Canada's wildfires are part of our new climate reality. Uh, experts and officials say. So experts are saying it. Uh, which experts? Just experts. Mm-hmm. Of which officials? Just officials. Experts and officials. Um, then you've got Alberta is on fire, but climate change is an election taboo. Which is fascinating because all I hear are Democrats talking about climate change all the time. What? How is it taboo? Taboo. They talk about it all oh, the time. Man. So you look at the pictures and they're pretty dramatic, right? You see mm-hmm. that. And it is... It is understandable that people would ask questions when you know the the whole sky is orange all of a sudden um but this happened back in with uh, the australia situation back in 2019 2020 we mentioned this a little bit yesterday the historical burn levels are down dramatically since uh really since the 1960s uh, when it comes to burn and you think okay well this is the time that global warming was supposed to be kicking in Mm-hmm. We were told that you know it was unprecedented in 2020 and uh, 19 and 2019 2020 the, the amount of burn that went on in Australia. But no, actually, it was one of their lowest on record, below average. Um, and one of the arguments they make is, well, it's going to get worse later on. And there are some models that show that it will get a little bit worse later on. However, when you look at that in com- in comparison, you know the historical burn levels used to be about 12 percent. Uh, of australia would burn on a daily on a yearly basis which is incredible to think about i mean these things happen all the time these fires happen all the time and they burn out of control all the time usually they're affecting like bears in the woods Uh, when they affect people people tend to notice but the increase in the climate model is like one percent we've dropped by about two-thirds since the old days and this is in australia the models show increasing by about one point. Now, are they going to be right? I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think they're going to be right. I think they're going to, they've overstated the case here. But even if they are right, it's still much, much better than it was. And that's because of capitalism. It's because of technology. It's because we've developed so many ways to push back against these fires. Um, now, you may say, as some would, that maybe you're just talking about Australia. Because we know how many more, how many more fires there are here all across the world. The globe is is a blaze, Pat. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. However, when you look at the, this is not from me. This is from scientific studies, uh, which goes back to global historical reconstruction of fire areas, uh, areas with, that have dealt with wildfires, wildfires, and also satellite measurements that we have today. And what we've seen is a dramatic decrease in the past century when it comes to wildfires global burned area from 1901 to 2020 is down by 70 percent i mean i'm eyeballing it here but about 70 percent um the uh, another paper in nature talks about the historical simulation into the modern measurement techniques shows a drop in every measure 
as far as area burned across the world. Oh, hmm. in every measure. In every measure is all though. Yeah. I mean that you can't. Okay, you can't get any. Are you, is that the best stat you have? Just it's all down of, in all, of them. all measures. Just all of them. <laughs> And this is, you know, this is the story over and over again. And uh-huh. it's tough to, you know, to talk about, uh, you know, random studies and <clears throat> charts and stuff, particularly on radio. But let me give you this. This is from uh, the, and I know this is something that you subscribe to, and, me, and you read this article, Global Trends in Wildfire and Its Impacts, Perceptions versus Realities in a Changing World. I know that was something you've... A lot of times I wait for the swimsuit issue, yeah. but... I didn't this year because it was just really? so compelling. It was so compelling. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't, I'm going to bore you with this quote. <laughs> All right. But um, many people may not subscribe. So let <laughs> me give this to you. Many consider wildfire as an accelerating problem with widely held perceptions, both in the media and scientific papers of increasing fire occurrence, severity, and resulting losses. Mm. However, important exceptions aside... The quantitative evidence available does not support these perceived overall trends. Instead, global area burned appears to have overall declined over past decades. And there is increasing evidence that there is less fire in the global landscape today than centuries ago. Perhaps rather than a wildfire problem that has worsened globally in recent decades... The negative and sometimes tragic consequences of fire themselves may be gaining wider public attention and therefore recognition. The fact that nowadays latest news reports about disasters from around the world are readily available to large parts of the population may be a contributing factor. What is not spreading equally um, is the recognition that fire is a fundamental natural ecological event in many of our ecosystems and only a quote problem end quote where we choose to inhabit these fire prone regions or we humans introduce it to non-fire adapted ecosystems the wildfire problem is essentially more a social than a natural one that is not a uh, wow it's not a borderline comment that is really really clear our perceptions of these fires are obviously with all the coverage we we see them more we experience them more sometimes they get closer to our buildings likely because we build more buildings we expand we go into these areas that used to burn regularly we didn't notice them now we're closer to them than we do but the other huge issue is that we've got so much more access to the information exactly we hear about it more we see them because of twitter because Mm -hmm. of facebook because of 24-hour cable news coverage on you know a million different networks we just hear about it all the time. We hear about it constantly. And, you know, the, the central mm. part of this is fires are down. They're down. Down. Jeez. Down. They're happening less frequently. They're passing. Uh, they're they're, they're uh, affecting fewer, fewer Americans and global citizens. One of the things that you, you see is that, you know, even though they are, of course, because we're expanding our footprint of, as to where we live, they're closer and closer to areas that we inhabit at times, but we're putting them out faster. Mm. We're adapting to this. We're, we're, this is what happens over long periods of time. But the circle of grift is there for the Democrats, and they keep doing it over and over again. They say, you know, you got to vote Democrat. Why? Well, climate change. It's out of control. It's a catastrophe. Well, okay, we voted you in. Has it stopped? Well, no, <laughs> it's even worse than we thought. Well, what do we do about that? We got to do something. What do we do? We got to vote Democrat. Why? Climate change. Has it stopped? No, it's even worse than we thought. Now what? Do something. What do we do? Vote Democrat. 
Why? Climate change. Has it stopped? No, it's even worse than we thought. And on and on and on and on and on. How does anybody fall for this crap? It's the same circular argument they use with poverty. Yep. With uh, ethnicity, yep, race, p- poor yep. mm-hmm. uh, percentages of poor people, mm-hmm. all of it comes back to that same circular same argument. Same thing. Amazing. Because no, no yep. matter how many times you vote them in, they will say the problem has not <laughs> stopped and it's worse than we thought. Uh-huh. And that's why you really need us. Send us your money. Vote for us. I mean, this is the sad thing is it works. It works. It, it works especially works in big cities. Yep. Where over and over again. These cities that are just disasters Mm -hmm. that have been voting in the same people for 70 years, Mm a hundred years in some cases, a a century without a Republican mayor. And they're like, what's going on? There's a lot of problems here. What do we do? I don't know. I guess we should vote Democrat again. We wouldn't accept this in any other nope. walk of life. Never. If this was a sports team we were talking about, hey, why are they 1-23 every year? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We better uh, put... The problem's really bad, so we, we, you know, we better... Well, it could be because they're punting on, on a second down every drive. <laughs> well, what do we do? Punt earlier. Punt on first down. Would that work for the coach of that I, team? I, I, I don't do. think so. He'd be fired. Yeah, I think so. Which is what we need to do for our leader. Mm-hmm. All right. More coming up in one minute. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Tuttle Twins. They've got a uh, new American history book for kids that's out. And you're going to love it. Uh, the Tuttle Twins want to send your family to Boston for a historical vacation you'll never forget. The Tuttle Twins have a mission to help families learn from history. And if we understand the stories and the ideas that made America so special, we'll know how important it is to preserve our freedoms. Most textbooks don't teach these ideas to kids. They just don't. They're never going to do it. You know that. But Tuttle Twins American History books do. And here's the thing. Your kids are actually going to like these books. It's unlike many of the history books out there. Your kids will actually like the Tuttle Twins books. They'll actually want to read them. And they'll learn things about our history that, man, are incredibly important. Plus, you might go to Boston to check out all the historical sites for a great vacation getaway. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com, order the book, get entry info and official rules for the vacation giveaway. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Order the book and get the giveaway details. No purchase necessary to enter the giveaway. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. For more information on the Tuttle Twins, 10 seconds. Station ID. and stew for glenn today uh you know we we heard in the beginning you know we've we've got these biden situations uh that are mostly being ignored by the mainstream media and uh meanwhile they've indicted donald trump on seven charges of the espionage act and some of the things that biden is being accused of right now uh, and they supposedly have evidence of, you know, they finally got this document that the FBI said didn't exist at first. Yeah, there's no document about, uh, you know, that form that they're talking about trying to get the, uh, f- about the whistleblower informing on on Biden receiving a five million dollar bribe by a foreign agent uh, for maybe uh, policy changes or policy decisions. So, first of all, they don't have any, there is no document like that. It doesn't exist. And Christopher Ray continues to spew that lie for you know weeks, if not months, and then finally, okay, yes, it does exist, and and uh, we'll let you look at it, uh, but it it certainly isn't real. Are we supposed to believe that now? The the document uh, was provided by somebody who supposedly is pretty credible 
in as far as being an informant. Mm-hmm. And uh, now... So they paid them, right? Yeah. It's a $200,000 yeah. payment mm-hmm. to this informant. Now, you don't just... They don't willy-nilly... $200,000. It's a lot. Yes. So they must have bought into it. And it must be accurate. So after weeks of refusing to even admit it existed, this FD-1023 record, uh, the FBI finally caved in and is now allowing all members of the Oversight and Accountability Committee to review... Uh, the record, and we'll find out hopefully soon w- what the details on uh, on some of this are. But um, it's it's been amazing, <clears throat> and uh, thank goodness for Representative Comer to have been, you know, pushing this all this time. He and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and and other people who are in the Republican Party and are going forward despite the fact that. Everybody's calling them conspiracy theorists, and you know they're they're just trying to persecute this president because uh, it's it's party bias on and on and on, and yet they keep going forward. I've been pretty impressed with Marjorie Taylor Greene. I you know wasn't a huge fan at the beginning, but she's done some really good things and has really stuck to this. And she talked about uh, some of the evidence that they have uh, against Biden and and the uh, Biden family. One of the things that's being said now is that they've received so much money and there are so many separate bank accounts, it would take them 10 years to track all of it down. That's pretty astounding, if that's accurate. Because Biden asked, where's the money? Where's the money? Yes, where's the money? Well, that's what we're trying to figure out right now. Yeah. But you're asking us where where you put the money? (laughs) Apparently, you put it in so many places that uh, it's going to take him a while. And that's his defense, to track it all Look, down. I don't actually have this money, right? I, yeah. Now, of course, he's very, very wealthy. It would be hard to really decipher. You wouldn't necessarily notice it like a person coming from the streets and all of a sudden he's living in a mansion. He already has a lot of money. The fact that he's added to that is not going to be incredibly yeah, shocking many, to anybody. He have, he has three, three homes, I think. Uh, he's got the one in, you know, obviously the, the main house in Delaware. They've got one on the beach, I think Rehoboth. Uh, so he's got that one, and then I think there's a third. But he's got some nice places to live in addition to the White House, which is, you know, it's it's tough to get by on on that crappy place. It's only fifty three thousand square feet. Uh, I oh, don't wow. even know how you. That's I don't sad. know how you do it. That's sad. well. I, maybe yeah. you can cool the harshness of all of that uh, lack of space mm-hmm. with uh, you know selling your son selling $750,000 paintings that, you know what i mean yeah. that'll help right that'll help yeah, a little bit yeah i mean a little bit mm-hmm. it's not going to take care of the problem entirely no, but of course not it does help just a bit where's the money where's the money the glenn back program You've heard Glenn say plenty of times that uh, dog food is dead food. Unfortunately, that's true. That's because nutrition isn't brown. Good nutrition is green. The founder of Rough Greens, uh, naturopathic doctor Dennis Black, suggested that I remind all of you as Glenn's listeners that Rough Greens is not a dog food, not a medicine. It's a blend of live and 100% natural nutrients, which is exactly what your dog needs. It'll get rid of their bad breath. It'll stop their itching and scratching. It improves energy, helps with their shine. So many different things. And Dr. Black is so convinced, I mean really convinced, that this is going to help your dog too and that your dog will like this food, 
that he's offering you a free jumpstart trial bag so your dog can try it out first. Now, I I don't know of any dogs. Well, I know of one dog. It was Keith's dog. Apparently turned up its nose at this. But the only one. My dog won't eat the food without it on there. Stu's dog loves it. Glenn's dog loves it. Get a free Jumpstart trial bag to see if yours will love it as well. All you have to do is pick up the shipping on it. Roughgreens.com slash Glenn. And it's blazetv.com slash Glenn to subscribe to Blaze TV. Don't miss out. You can save 10 bucks with the promo code Glenn. Super Glenn today, 888-727-BECK. Apparently there's this kid, 10-year-old kid, that people are calling Baby Gronk. Yes. He's uh, sweeping the internet. He's uh, making waves on TikTok, and he's kind of gone viral. I, I just, I had just heard about him uh, from used to moments mm-hmm. ago, and I looked him up on online, and uh, it looks like the kid already has multiple tats all over his body at 10. I don't know if they're real tats uh, or if they're, you know, oh, okay. if they're temporary. Maybe I don't know. temporary. I don't know. But it's a fascinating thing for multiple reasons. 10 years old. I have an 11-year-old son who's playing, you know, he, he's a good baseball player. He's got mm-hmm. a tournament coming up next week. I'm going to be uh, on vacation going to that. And, and it's fun. I like, I love watching my kid play sports, both mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's nothing better nothing in life. Nothing better than that. Is it's there? fun. There's I mean, nothing better. You know, the, the thing that you love about sports is like, oh, you watch mm-hmm. your favorite player hit a home run. Well, like, you know, Zach and Ainsley are my two kids. They're my favorite players by a really big margin. Mm. Like, they're my favorite players of all time. Yeah. And I love going to watch them play because, you know, it's just the greatest. I love sports anyway, and this just makes makes it even better. And so, of course, you cheer your kids on. You do sure, all this. Right? So, Baby Gronk is crossing an interesting line. Some Some are saying, because basically they're turning him into an internet personality, right? Like, they are... He's getting pictures with all these famous people, influencers, celebrities, and such. He's visiting colleges. He's 10 years old. He's visiting colleges. I don't think that's even legal, according to the NCAA it's right not, now. An official visit would be illegal. I mean, going and getting your picture taken oh, yeah, with a with, celebrity there right, um, right. Is, is... Like he just went to LSU and got his picture taken with uh, Olivia Dunn, who's right. a big deal right now. Yeah. Uh, she's a gymnast, gymnast I think. Gymnast uh, at gymnast. Uh, LSU. And, and she's she, somewhat attractive. She, some have noticed mm-hmm. that. Um, she has Somebody a lot of people has who... said, yeah. I heard... <laughs> you heard. That she was somewhat attractive. She was in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, uh, this, this most recent. Oh, she was uh, even in Sports Illustrated. She, yeah, she's that big of a deal. She's one of wow. the biggest. What, what is it? NIL, Pat? You know this better than I do. I you do follow college NIL. stuff more than I do. Mm-hmm. NIL is like where the college athletes can now get paid, and she's getting for paid. their name, image, and likeness. Right, NIL, and so um, <laughs> they. She has maybe had more money than any anybody, and of course, she's a gymnast, not a normal sport where you'd be getting these huge payouts, mm-hmm. but she's getting them because she has a massive social media following. And, and of course, she's somewhat attractive. Some, some, I guess some sports, upset. I mean, like, you can't even say Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue does not guarantee attractiveness <laughs> at this point. We got to be clear about sure that. Sure does Sometimes not. it doesn't even necessarily indicate that it's a, oh. it's a, a woman. Right. Right. We've noticed a couple times Some here. of them have a package. Some of them. <laughs> where a package usually isn't, isn't. with a... Sports Illustrated swimsuit <laughs> right. model. So no guarantees so, yeah. uh, here. But yes, she's a <laughs> yes, she's a big big time internet influencer type that's posting. She does not have a package. 
I, I doubt she does. Yes, I'm going to be. I'm going to doubt that. So, um, I, although if if she if she does, mm-hmm. I've I got to say I've been fooled. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she yeah. does not look like she does. So um, anyway, the situation here is what's fascinating is building your ten year old into an internet celebrity. Good idea or bad how, idea? How appropriate is it? it? You know, is her what do they call the moms? Who push their daughters like stage into, moms? Stage moms. Yeah, yeah. Stage moms. Is he? Is he a field dad? Yeah, it's kind of like a new version of that, yeah. I guess. Right? Yeah. Except obviously the payoff here is real. I mean, going to these schools apparently he is a very good athlete. He's from the Dallas area too. This, oh, this kid. Oh, um, which is where we happen to be broadcasting from. But his dad is, you know, saying he was an, uh, a music producer. He was an athlete. He knows all these athletes. He works out with them. And he's got all these connections and he's going to promote his son in this way to make him into a celebrity. His argument is basically, you know, look, I I think he's a really good athlete. He may make it, but he may not. And I recognize that. What we're trying to do is basically build him something if it doesn't work. This is like the the insurance policy. If football doesn't work out. If football doesn't work out, he's still a celebrity. He's got something to fall back on a big social media account that can turn into a lot of money. Uh Yeah. They're saying he's making uh, you know, low six figures right now. Oh wow. As a ten year old on this. Jeez. His dad says he's putting every dime of it away. You know, again, uh, like you okay. get these you you know, you don't know, of course, but mm-hmm. that's what he's saying. Um he says, uh, you know, a lot of people look at, at at it and like, oh, this man is crazy or he doesn't have real expectations for his son. I do. I say he may not make it. So you may as well have five hundred thousand or a million dollars to start your life out. He may get a scholarship or free school by playing sports. But sports isn't everything. It goes away. Sometimes it isn't God's plan for you. I tore my ACL. I didn't make it. All I had was a sad story. And so he's like, hey, Mm -hmm. why not exploit this? Make it into a big thing. So they're posting constantly. They've made him into this figure. He's got all these sponsorships. He's he's got over 300,000 followers. This is 700,000 now. 700,000. Yeah. 700,000 followers already. Mm. Jeez. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad. It's a lot. Now... I don't know if anyone has ever heard of this particular phenomenon, but there's a phenomenon called the child star phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And we've <laughs> noted over the years that occasionally kids that get incredibly famous mm-hmm. wind up being really terrible adults. I don't know. And I hope, of course, that this is not the case with this particular young guy. He, does, he seems mm-hmm. like he's a really good kid, actually. Um, really disciplined, uh, you know, seems really respectful and 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 everything so this may be it may not be one of those stories i hope it's not Um, but it is risky and i i don't know like i think we've come to that place now where this is so common that everyone wants this fame so much that this isn't really all that controversial to make your kid into an internet sports celebrity at 10 because i don't care how good he is at football he would not be an internet celebrity at 10 years old if not for his father posting this stuff on Instagram all the time, as mm-hmm. his dad would admit. I mean, his dad seems really excited about what he's been able to accomplish for his kid. Um, it's just a, I don't know. It's a road that I would not want to put my kids on. Uh, you know, I don't care how good my kid was at baseball. I would not be wanting, you know, I posted a, 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 a one picture recently of him. He hit his first home run at, at practice uh, recently. Zach, oh, that's fine. Um, in batting practice. And he's, yeah. a, you know, the first one on his team to hit a home run. Very excited about it. I mean, he was thrilled. And I was so thrilled. Oh. Posted yeah. it on, on social media. Everyone gets to see it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm not giving you 900 updates of his day-to-day life. 
Like he's got to be able to live as a kid, whether he becomes the greatest baseball player of all time or he's just uh, you know a normal kid and it's got nothing to do with that. That's I don't care, right? Like I don't care if he winds up being a great athlete or not. I would love it because I like sports, but like that's mm. not the goal for you as a parent, right? Like if your goal is solely sports, you're going to wind up with a kid who has priorities in the wrong direction, probably. Yeah. Hopefully that's not the case with this kid. Um, but, you know. I'm reading this headline about him. Uh, who is Baby Gronk? And this is from NBC News. Did Livy, meaning uh, Olivia Dunn, riz him up? Uh, what? I'm unfamiliar with the term riz. What is that? I've heard it recently. It's a, it's a new slang term that you're supposed to know. Okay. Apparently. Um let me see. I'll give you the. Do you need the definition? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Uh, riz is a slang term often used to describe someone's ability to flirt and to be charming, especially for their verbal communication while pursuing a romantic interest. So the question really then is whether <laughs> Olivia Dunn uh, flirted with a 10 year old? Is that. Sal is, I mean, are we trying to call Libby Dunn a pedophile? What are we, try, what are we doing to her? I, she seems delightful. I don't know why. Yeah, she does. Uh, it does she, she, she said, she he, said was, he was cute. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I don't think it was a sexual interest. No, probably not. <laughs> I mean, honestly, at this point, you know, would we be surprised in this society? I mean, we just had oh, a huge. Almost nothing surprising. Well, I mean, because Libby Dunn, I think one of her big, uh, she's an Instagram uh Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, did you see this this story in the Wall Street Journal about the pedophile rings they keep breaking up on Instagram? Where, like, they did you read the story, Pat? It's really incredible. They had investigators mm-hmm. who went on to um, uh, Instagram and went through. I mean, some of the most revolting hashtag searches and all this stuff to try to find if they were uh, exploiting children on the on these websites. And more than any of the other social media uh, sites, they found it there where people weren't posting, you know, child porn on, on these websites, but they were basically advertising it like you, they, they were gosh. posting menus of things you could buy. They had, um, they describe oh. in the story, uh, children who seem to be running their own accounts to sell themselves to potential, uh, people trying to buy child pornography, all these crazy things. And like, Mm. obviously totally different than what we're talking about here, thankfully. But like, there is just this weird, this society is turning in such a strange place. You know, Mm -hmm. it it really is, you know, and I think, I don't know if anybody understands it better than people uh, like uh, yourself, Pat, and and me going up in this stupid industry that we work in. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, look, radio is... If you're in it, you realize after a short time in it, most of the people involved are insane. (laughs) Most people who work in this industry are crazy. And I don't know why that is, uh, but I have a couple Mm. theories, which largely it's like a lot of people um, who, particularly the people who are on the air, and many of them are my friends, and I will tell them to this to their face, they're nuts. And one of the reasons they're nuts is they spend most of their life trying to figure out how to be as enticing as possible to others, right? Like Mm -hmm. you are constantly trying to say a thing, craft your words in a way that will be most interesting 
to others. You're, you're constantly trying to impress others. You're looking for their attention. You get a quarterly report or a monthly report of how many people have tuned in to listen to you. And you figure out how many people show up at your events. And you see how many po- people follow you on social media. And that just it, it adds weird incentives into a person's life. Mm-hmm. right? When that's your job, when your job is essentially constantly striving for popularity... It's difficult to maintain principles. It's difficult to care about things that actually matter because your job is to get as many people as possible to listen to your stupid voice. Right. So when we decided as a society one day to unleash this industry of constantly looking for others' approval on the entire world via social media, there have been some negative consequences associated with that decision. (laughs) And it's something Mm -hmm. you you wind up noticing on a daily basis. The incentives that are brought along with running a social media account and running your life to try to uh, maximize likes are not healthy practices. A lot of times, as we see uh, on these services, it's wearing very few uh, articles of clothing, Mm -hmm. particularly for women. And for men, a lot of times seems to be bragging about how much money they have. It seems to be the other trend out there. These things are not healthy pursuits. They're supposed to be thinking of higher foundations than that. And I can understand the temptation, obviously, of there is money in it if you succeed. But man, I don't know. As a dad, how would you feel about that with your kid, Pat? I, what if you're 46 kids? It's 47 now. Oh, it is. Congratulations. Yeah, I just checked in with my wife. We just had our <laughs> oh, wow. 47. Triple eight seven two seven back. All right. Uh Jim Rogers, he's the co-founder of one of our favorite management funds, the Soros Management Fund. He says that a bear market is coming and the U.S. dollar's global dominance is under threat. Is the bear market coming? Because I don't know. Maybe Glenn took a vacation and it's his fault. That's probably it, at least. Since their firm is notorious for crashing the pound sterling, you should take heed when Rogers is talking about a currency collapse. Rogers says he's bracing for the biggest market downturn in eight decades and that commodities are the best hedges against inflation. Also, he owns silver and gold currently. You should be extremely worried, he said. If you're not, you need to know what's going on. I think something bad in the currency market is going to happen in the next two or three years. Look, uh, Glenn out this week, Goldline has decided to extend its popular Memorial Day special through the end of this week. Glenn helped design a quarter ounce gold Mayflower round. It's beautiful. With every tube of 25 acquired, you will also receive 25 ounces of pure silver at no cost as a thank you for listening to the show. Goldline is 866-GOLDLINE or go to goldline.com, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com to find out more today from goldline.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. So, Pat, I, I know you're not, I, I don't want to demean you, but you're not really one of the people, you know? You're not down I'm with not, the masses no. anymore, you know? Okay. You, I don't think you're with uh-huh. it enough to really understand the way kids talk today. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. why I want to inform you and maybe a few members of the audience what Riz really means. Because I sounded so unhip. Not, yeah, you didn't understand. Not knowing what Riz was. It was embarrassing, frankly. Yeah, I'm sorry. And this is what everyone, everyone, <clears throat> I use this word you know, 50, 75 times a day now. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Ever since I heard about it. You, if mm-hmm. you use it that much, you should own it. 
Right. It yeah, should be should my really property. You should really be paid royalties. Uh, that's a good when point. When others use the word I like riz. That. I like that. Yeah. And I was like, well, where do I go to find out about this word? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as a really just cool guy that I am, mm-hmm. I just am in step with, with the youth of today. Mm-hmm. And that's why I went to USA Today to read about what Riz is. <laughs> okay. What does Riz mean? Here's the definition of social media slang term and how to use it. Um, Riz is a, a, a slang term often used to describe someone's ability to flirt and be charming, especially for their verbal f- communication while pursuing a romantic interest. The term can be used as a noun or a verb depending on the sentence. Now, Pat, let me give you some example sentences of this. Marco just tried to riz up Lena. I don't think it went well. Tried to riz up. Tried to riz up Lena. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. They've got this <laughs> unspoken riz. Everything about them just exudes charm. <laughs> and an unspoken riz. An unspoken riz. Okay. Okay. Uh, another one. I heard him practicing his riz for when he hit the bar later. These are example sentences from USA Today. <laughs> So Riz can really mean whatever you want it to, yes. apparently. I would say if I were to <laughs> classify this back to, you know, as a, a Gen Xer, uh-huh. I would say it's like how it used to be he's got game. Uh-huh. It seems to be like yeah. what it is. Like, yeah. I, like I have absolutely no game, uh, none mm-hmm. at all, and um, never did. So I would assume now I have no Riz <laughs> and never have. That's, I think, the way that works, Pat. Okay. Well, we'll work on it. Uh during the weekend and i'll report back to you on we, monday we're going into it we have a weekend riz camp and we're going to learn all about it and we're we're going to a think tank to tell us exactly about how riz. to practice how to riz. riz up people that we come in contact with so by monday we'll be rizzing you like you've never been rizzed yes before assuming we're using the word wrong if we're using it if we're using that right great if we're using it wrong we apologize for whatever we just said <laughs> all right have a great weekend see you back here monday